0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: You are listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today is my dear friend, Tammy Plunkett. Tammy is the founder of Big Sky Authors. She is my writing coach. She's a retired registered nurse, and she is a mentor for parents of transgender kids. Tammy, thank you so much for joining me
2: today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You know what? This is such, uh, the timing is always there, isn't it, in the universe when we're Mm -hmm. doing this stuff. So I'm just going to let, I'm going to hand it over to to you so the listener can learn what your background is.
0: Well, you covered
2: a lot of it. I also happen to be the mom of four kids, uh, whom I adore, all four of them. They all four identify as queer in some shape or form, and this is their, their words, their language. I have um, my third child is transgender. He came out to me, it'll be five years. I can't believe it's almost five years. He came out uh, at the age of 11. He was assigned female at birth. We raised him as a girl. And at 11, uh, shared with me in a journal that we shared back and forth that, uh, he wanted to take testosterone and that he was transgender. So that was, uh, completely out of left field. I did not see it coming. I, we had our suspicions as a family that he might be a lesbian and definitely gave off that vibe of being different, but I did not expect, uh, all of the changes that were about to happen in our lives, uh, from Mitchell coming out as transgender. So,
1: um, as I understand it, that he, he did tell you in a journal, tell me, and now, and this is the thing is, you know, you're five years in and so you, we need to go back to day one where you read those words.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a shock and, um, the first thing I did was close the journal and hide it under my pillow and, and bury the information within myself. I didn't talk to him about it. Uh, I didn't talk to my husband about it initially because he was actually out of town for a couple of days. And um, it took me a while to let it settle with myself. I was afraid. It was huge. I was in shock. I was in denial <laughs> uh, and then I shared it with my husband and he was also in denial. Um, a, a bone of contention that uh, my husband had was, we asked Mitchell, where does this come from? What did this, like, why, why are you saying this? And he said, I saw a YouTube video about a trans boy and that I, for the first time I got, I got what it was. And, and that's exactly how I feel. And so my husband said, well, can you just watch a different video then? <laughs> so that was, you know, to say that we did not do it perfectly. We, we were not the parents with the rah-rah, uh, you know, waving the flag and saying, we fully accept you and now let's do everything 100% correct. We messed up in the beginning. And a lot of it was because of this overwhelm of emotions that we felt. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to say we, we are uh, pretty progressive as parents and accepting of uh, many people in the world. I thought I wouldn't have had an issue with it. But clearly, you know, it's different when it's your kid.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's that same old, same old. We all have a vision of what our families are going to look like. Sometimes we check the boxes. And then when we have our, you know, our children are born, you know, you fall in love with the moment you see them. And you're going on one way, and all of a sudden they're like, actually, I am this. And so it isn't about being the perfect rah-rah parent. It, it really is, you, you know, it is, did you go through a grieving period?
2: I did. I did. Um, initially, I didn't realize it was grieving. Um, and and um, coincidentally, uh, my very close friend lost her uh, 18-year-old son. And we, I would talk with her about her grieving her son and she told me, you know, you're grieving, you're grieving your child. And I was like, no, you are grieving your child. Like, how could I be grieving? And, and then we looked at it and we unpacked it together and I 100% uh, grieved the loss of the child that I thought I had, and um, since then, obviously this is five years ago, I've, I've looked into the research and I am not the only parent to grieve the loss of the child I thought I had. Part of the issue is that when I went online and looked for information, nobody talked about the grief. There was the two types of parents, the parents who were 100% accepting and got everything right the first day and the parents who kicked their kids out of the house. And I didn't identify with either one of them. I knew I loved Mitchell from the day he was born, like you said, and I would do anything for him and protect him. And so I wasn't kicking him out of the house, but I didn't understand what it meant to be transgender. I'm not transgender, so I didn't understand what it meant. And and I had to unpack that. So we, we went through all of the stages. There was the denial at the beginning. We didn't really truly embrace the male... Uh, pronouns. It took us months. And and he's the one who came out to the school and told the school, this is my name and this is how you speak to me and all of that. After the denial, there was the bargaining. Just be a lesbian. Just be one of those masculine looking lesbians. And, and then you wouldn't have to worry about what toilet to use, right? And then after that, there was the anger. I was angry as a mom uh, who was fiercely feminist, that my son was crossing the aisle and now got to be a privileged white man.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: I, I felt a little, a little dis you know, a little angry about that. And um and angry about uh some of his reactions, and this is a typical reaction of a trans kid, is they want everything to happen right now. Mm-hmm. So and and everything can't happen right now for a child uh and ought not to. <laughs> And so there was anger from him that things weren't fast enough and that would just bring up anger for me. And then a sadness was uh, huge and deep. And out of respect for the trans child, um, it's often asked that parents don't use their dead name. I don't like calling it a dead name. I like calling it his former name.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you know, you don't use their old name. You don't have pictures of them. As their previous gender throughout the house. So we did all of that out of respect for him and his mental health.
1: And that would really deeply go into the grief because you're essentially saying what, what, and I mean, that's the very definition of grief is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you have what you thought was going one way has changed whether it was in your control or not. And so you have to let go of the past to a certain degree and not to be able to put your pictures up of your child. I mean, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, it's like and they that, didn't that was exist. the hard part.
1: Was it like they didn't even exist before?
2: Well, and part of grief, like I have since lost both my parents uh, over the last five years. And part of grieving uh, is sharing memories of who they were. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, like I couldn't talk about him in with his female name and I couldn't share pictures of him as a girl with the long curly blonde hair and the pigtails like I couldn't do any of that to properly grieve the change and um, and it's not that he died you know I still have a wonderful child who has still has the same personality and and I adore him but I did have to get past this, little girl that I thought I was going to raise and buy a prom dress for and, and buy a wedding dress for, like all of those things changed for, for us.
1: Yeah. And um, and thankfully he didn't die, but it didn't diminish what your journey was. And I think that's something that's really important when you're talking about grief is don't compare to what could have been the worst case or the best case scenario yeah. uh, because it's not fair. And it, it, your feelings are your feelings are your feelings in a sentence, right? One of the words that I haven't heard from you, and I i was, you know, of course, when you hear this story, you think, What wonder what I do. Like, I have two granddaughters and, you know, sweet, sweet little things. And maybe one day our family's going to have this happen. I mean, it's a possibility. You know, my daughter-in-law and my son are both like, yeah, well, if, uh, if that's what happens, then we just love her and it doesn't really matter. Like, they just love their child, right? So it's great one of the words though when i'm thinking envisioning it is fear not fear but a uh, fear of actually it is fear it's fear of what of the judgment mm-hmm. it's the fear for the child can you speak
2: to that oh the the fear was enormous and and it and it goes into so many different layers and pockets so uh fear of judgment was my biggest cross to bear and that was what i that's the biggest growth that I've, um, grown through this whole process is to learn not to care what other people think of me. And, uh, and that has been the be- biggest gift that I've gotten. Yeah. Truly. How freeing is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <Totally>. <laughs> <laughs> is to just live my life and, and really just live my life and not live according to, am I measuring up to everybody else's expectations?
1: And the societal norms. And I think it's really important to mention here is that transgender is not new. It's always been called other things, which you hear those words now and they're cringeworthy. And you watch the, when we were growing up, you're watching some of those TV shows and you just, you just cringe at the terms, Yeah. but it's not new, but it is new. And so now you're kind of bursting onto the scene with your child who you would, you know, do anything to protect. And how do you do that, Tammy? Like, how do you let, because he came, he came and made the announcement to the school. He he's uh, you know, really Mitchell is an amazing human being. Really like to have that much conviction in who you are. Good God. Most of us don't even have that in our fifties and sixties all through our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how do you do that when you're not, because you hear those stories of where these people, because they're, perceived as different can they can be murdered. They can be, you know, ostracized.
2: Yeah. And that was the other part of the fear. Our, a a huge part of our fear was also that he would be bullied, beaten, um, just for being who he is. Uh, and, and the, you know, the keyboard warriors who have things to say online. And the other huge fear for me was, uh, the suicide rates, and the homelessness rates in LGBTQ kids are off the charts compared and, to...
1: And why is that? Is that because their parents kick them out or because yeah. they're not sure or... Okay.
2: So this is very interestingly, suicide rates for transgender youth and kids are... Uh, and everyone gives a different number in the 40s and 50% of suicide attempts. And w- as soon as they have at least one affirming parent... The rate goes down to 4%, which is the average rate for all teens. So Mm. it is exactly related to how much the parents are affirming and and supportive of their kids. So that is my mission in in life right now is to help the parents through because, you know, the parents need the help in order to support the kids. And if I can help the parents support the kids, then then the kids are safer. Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. and and, but of course that that's uh it's a whole lot of ball of fear in the beginning
1: (laughs) yeah for sure because you know we grew up in a generation where I mean to even uh come out as gay was not accepted and Mm -hmm. now and now I I like to think it is but when when you're throwing in let's have a chat about what it means Now I know you're not transgender but tell me, I mean, I know you've had the communications. I mean, that's the key, is one of the keys, is the communication with your kids. Tell me what it's like, because I think it confuses people about the mechanics of it, the sexual accent. It has nothing to do with that, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. So sexuality and sexual attraction are completely different. If you look at a circle like the Venn diagrams, your sexual attraction is a completely different circle than your gender identity. For some people, they overlap a little bit. So you can be transgender and gay, uh, but it's not, they they are mutually exclusive. So transgender is what you think of yourself when you wake up in the morning. It's, It's who you imagine yourself to be, and it is how comfortable you are in the way you express gender. So what we didn't realize back in the day when we were raised, Uh, is that gender is learned. We learn what women are supposed to act like, dress like, speak. All of that is dictated by society. And if you look at, uh, and and, and by history and by culture from where you live, because if you look at the men, uh, you know, a dandy in England back in the day, they wore heels and they wore dresses and they wore pink. And that was accepted and expected of men in those days. Whereas and, they, they,
1: and were they transgender?
2: No, no, they were just oh. men. They okay. were just men. So, men, I mean, when men wore the powdered makeup and the wigs and all of that in, in the regal times and, and to go to court, like that was expected oh. of men to dress that way because it's a social construct. It, it is what socially the way we are supposed to act if we are masculine. We have facial hair, but in some cultures, it's very disrespectful to have facial hair. So they shave. So it's very cultural. It's very social. It's very, um, and it's a construct. So what a transgender person feels is I am more comfortable acting, speaking, dressing, playing sports, doing whatever in the manner with which a man does it or in the manner with which a woman does it. Or non-binary is I don't feel like I belong to either the female or feminine presenting or masculine presenting and I don't fit into that binary at all and they they mix both up or they don't do either.
1: Yeah, lots of labels running through my head that I can think of, you know what I mean? Like, Again, does bisexual have anything to do with that? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, Yeah, bisexual is sexual attraction. So with sexual attraction, it is uh, what gets you excited romantically or physically in, in, in terms of an attraction to the opposite sex or the same sex. Um, so, and that's on a spectrum, just like transgender is on a spectrum. So there's masculine at one end, feminine at the other end and non-binary is in the middle and it slides. So some people, you know, and I know some women who look a little bit more masculine, they want, you'll never see them wear a dress mm-hmm. and, and they, they'd wear a suit if we had to go to a fancy party. But they still identify as a woman.
1: Yeah. And same for men. Um, Yeah. Men who you, if you didn't know, you'd be like, oh, oh, I wonder if he's gay. Right. Yeah. And he's just very effeminate, but he's not. He's with a woman. He just is whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So where did those, have you delved into kind of the history of all of it? Like, where did those labels come from? Like I said, this is not like, oh yeah, 2000 hit and all of a sudden the transgender world um, appeared. I mean, they're just yeah. weren't allowed to be like that. You quite often hear celebrities who were gay and, and weren't, it would destroy their career if that came up. Now we're talking in the 50s and the 60s, yeah. but yeah. that's not happening now, I hope.
2: Well, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's still, it, being gay or lesbian is still a bit of a struggle today. Not as much as before. Mm-hmm. And exactly as you're uh, mentioning, it is representation that helps. So the more that you see uh, gay people on television and it's not a big deal, the better it is for the whole community. One uh, point that I want to make there though is that when you do see gay men on TV, they are often white. So we're still in the hierarchy of the white male is the most celebrated and most accepted person on the planet. And so a black lesbian is not quite as celebrated as a gay white man.
1: Oh, isn't that um, interesting?
2: Yeah. And that so, must just
1: really sit in your feminist side. It, oh, it, the- <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. For sure. For so sure. that's the other thing that we desperately need is the transgender representation in the yeah. world. And that is why Mitchell needed a YouTube video to see what a trans boy was because. He'd never heard of it before.
1: But Mitchell knew that Mitchell didn't feel right about himself, correct? That's right.
2: Okay. He knew something was off. The whole family knew something was off. Okay. He had been off since he started uh, puberty. Since menstruation yeah. hit, our family got hit by a cloud of depression and anxiety and panic attacks. And there were, we tried to figure it out. We went to all the therapists we could not figure out what was wrong with him. And it was just this cloud of despair over the house. And <gasps> so he so knew sad. something was wrong, but he yeah. didn't know what it was until he found that representation out in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm betting his school class, so his classmates, they accepted it wholeheartedly, didn't they?
2: Uh, or did not- they? Not initially at the first school, uh, we, and we, we switched schools and the second school has been amazing, but at the first school we did have issues. Uh, we live in a very small C conservative city, uh, and, um, and big C conservative to be completely honest. Yeah, totally. Uh, See, and the entire <laughs>
1: province. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the, and there was some judgments there was, you know, why did you cut your hair? And, you know, there, Was it judgment
1: or just curiosity? Because there's that difference, right? I find that uh, both, okay.
2: Yeah, there was both. Most most
1: kids are far more accepting of our differences than the adults are.
2: Yeah, and this is the thing. These were clearly, the, the particular kids that were bullying him were kids that were from a very difficult family background, and, and they were just projecting onto Mitchell what they were getting at home. And, yeah, and it was, you know, the messages that you hear from yeah. working class people who have nothing nice to say about anybody, were, they were just projecting it. So he did have a difficult time initially. This The staff at that school did not know what to do. They were completely lost. And, and looking to have him diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder to... Um, to have the numbers uh, in their staff to be able to protect him instead of trying to support him. And it was just backwards. Uh,
1: Well, yeah, that was one of the points was what support, and and again, if you go back five years, I mean, it wasn't, the awareness wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So it's like it kind of comes out of left field, so to speak. Yeah. So -hmm. they don't know how to deal with it either.
2: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. Um, although half a year later, we set, we started at a new school and they knew exactly what to do. Mm. So there is some responsibility on people to do the research and figure out how they can support a trans child. Um, yeah. You know, I am the first person to say that I don't judge people for using the the wrong language in the beginning because I didn't know it in the beginning. But if you do have someone in your care or a family member or a close friend who is transgender, do the homework. It takes like five minutes to do a Google search or yeah, me. It, I'm it, happy to tell you how to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and practice it. And, and,
1: you know, I mean, to that point, so there is the responsibility of the adults or to research it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's also the responsibility of the transgender human being. To have a little more compassion, I've seen a few where you call her her because you're used to knowing her as her and she is now transgender male and you accidentally call her her. I've seen uh, one particular case where they went right at the parent about you don't support me, you don't do. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. The parent is trying to support you.
2: Yeah. That that That's a bit of a thing that's not spoken about a lot in our community. And that is um, sometimes, and I'm not saying this is a blanket statement, but sometimes there are uh, transgender people who get into this funk of nobody loves me, the whole world is against me, and then they look for evidence of that. So they're confirming their bias that everybody hates me. And so as soon as you make a mistake, instead of seeing it as a mistake, they see it as you're confronting them, you're affronting them, and you're being mean to them.
1: you yeah. um, and you're that's, not trying. Yeah. yeah,
2: And that's a, that is a bit of a danger. Uh, we had that with Mitchell very briefly. Uh, it was almost a competition between he had joined a group of uh, queer kids, and they were talking with each other about their coming out stories. And what did your parents say when you came out to them? And he started telling a sad story about how I wasn't very supportive. I will give him, you know, I didn't say anything in the beginning, but I didn't say anything mean. <laughs> I just didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, but I am a massively supportive parent now. And mm-hmm. so I was very hurt by the fact that he was kind of making up a story to fit in with the cool kids about how horrible I had been. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, it's kind of like, sometimes I, you know, I do advocate in the mental health field as well. And sometimes you get a mental health label and you live down to it instead of, you know, it's like, Oh, I've been diagnosed with anxiety. Now I can't even leave my house. And it's like, well, no, you know, you can do some things with anxiety and you can do some things with being transgender. You don't have to make it this horror story. There are some horror stories and I'm not saying there aren't, but don't look for bugs where they're not always there. Yeah.
1: So now uh, uh, the other part to it is what were Mitchell's siblings? What was their response?
2: So, uh the older um children got it. They 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 got it. They were like 7 and 9 years older than the younger two, I had my kids in two batches. So my oldest is identifying as non-binary uh, female presenting. Uh, I get to say she, her every once in a while, because I, I find uh, they, them quite difficult.
1: Yeah. I was, was <laughs> going to say, we need to have a conversation about that, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, her. Yeah,
2: um, But uh, my oldest uh, was fine, uh, affirming everything, uh, wonderful, uh, and quite supportive. My second oldest kind of pissed me off a little bit because, uh, she said, oh, I knew all along. I knew that there was something up with Mitchell. And, and I was like, how can you know? And I didn't know as the parent. Right. So that, that sort of frustrated me a little bit, but she was right. <laughs> and she knew, um, <laughs> And then my youngest, uh, who is a boy, uh, when we told him, the first thing he said was, I've always wanted a brother. And from that moment on, never made a mistake with the name, never made a mistake with the pronouns. And and he was 100% on board. They were best friends before. They're best friends now. There's never been an issue. So wow, that, yeah, I the siblings that. all took it really well. And, and to the point that I think you were trying to make earlier is that the younger generation get it. Yeah. Like they, they are, sometimes I, I like to use for, gender is a social construct. I like to say that we're fish swimming in water and we don't know that we're swimming in water. So mm-hmm. as a woman, I've identified as a woman my whole life and I have acted, spoken, dressed as a woman because that's just the way it was. And I don't realize it. I'm a fish and I don't know I'm swimming in water. right. And so I feel like the younger kids now, they get it. Like gender is gender. And if you have a gender, tell me what your pronouns are. If you don't have a gender, I'll use they, them. And they just get it. And they don't associate it with being um, gay or lesbian or bi. They they just, they just get it.
1: Yeah, so the terms, um, so let's do the terms. Actually, let's take a break. And we will be right back. We're listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today is Tammy Plunkett. We'll be right back.
0: Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today, Tammy Plunkett, is the mentor, I think you're going to be the one, my friend, for parents of trans, uh, trans children. So let's talk about some of the terms. So she, her, they, them. And to your point earlier, it, to me, it feels weird to say they when it's only one person standing there. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Um, I love that the she, her is brought in and not they, them, because if you, you know, to me, if you point to a group of people that they are standing over there when there's Mm -hmm. only one, uh, you know, where, where that confusing comes in. So how did those pronouns or how was that born? Do you know, was it just looking for other words? Like, I don't know.
2: That's a very good question. And I don't, so here's a, a way that I've gotten around it to have it be a singular person. If somebody rides their bike uh, and hits my car and, and continues riding on, and I didn't see if it was a guy or a girl, I'll say that bike just hit my car and they rode off. Ah, uh, okay. And, and I, I mean, we'd have said that a long time ago without sure. non-binary associated to it. And another uh, way that we use it is to say one. You know, instead of saying um, he or she prefers, uh, I don't know, cheese on their bagel, you could say one prefers cheese on their bagel, and and that makes it general, and it doesn't make it he or she. So okay, that that's one way I make it singular. I do not know the history of when people started it just, using
1: it. It just would be interesting to know where that yeah. got me. That's, that's a great description. Thank you for that. So when, and so just for the listener who's just learning about this, when you are born and identified as female and actually want to identify as male, then it's transgender male. And then if it's, you were born male and you want to be female, you're a transgender female. Correct.
2: Yes, ish? I would ish. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, but yeah. So, so I say assigned female at birth okay. and assigned male at birth instead of born female or born oh, okay. male. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and if we unpack this, there is your your biological sex. That is determined by the doctor or the midwife who opens your legs and looks at what's out, you know, the parts that are the there. Bits, and
0: then, yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
2: according yeah. to these bits, I'm going to yeah. say you're a girl. Or according to these bits, I'm going to say you're a boy. So uh, you you are assigned your gender according to the sex, which is right. according to the bits.
1: So one of the things that I was always uh, confused about is. And, and I I know you're going to speak to this, but do you really know who you are at 14, 7? You know what I mean? I think that's yes. where a lot of people go. Well, when they go and talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and their psychiatrists are full on busy with transgender human beings, do we actually know who we are at 14?
2: Yes. And we know at 8, and we know at 5. We do. And so... Gender is formed in our, our minds between the ages of three and eight. That's uh, psychologically studied over time. This isn't just come out last week. That, right. uh, identif- uh, that gender is discerned in our brain at that age and we get what is the difference between the two according to what society says. And, and you can trust a child to know
1: and to A that child point, knows- Yeah. The, and, and,
2: and, you know, and to
1: that point is, okay, do you really know yourself at 14? I suppose the very question, the answer to that is no, but can you know what gender you are at 11, five? That's yeah. the difference, isn't
2: it? And so absolutely. Like uh, I, there are so many different examples that I use for this, but uh, um my my second daughter does not like kale and I can give her kale in every different way, shape, form. She does not like kale. She didn't like kale when she was three. She doesn't like kale at eight. She doesn't like kale at 22. And I can offer her different vegetables. I can be a good mom and, and cater to her needs the, uh, any other way. But if she is not comfortable with eating kale, then why would I force it on her? Right? So, but here's the thing that, that I want to drive home. A, a child knows their gender and there is nobody transitioning a child two minutes after they say, actually, I'm a boy. Actually, I'm a girl. With children, they're, they're, you need to have consistent, insistent, persistent. So the child has to consistently identify as, so for Mitchell, he consistently identified as male. He didn't waver. He didn't go back and forth. Now this is, you know, I'm going to put a little asterisk to this here because men can wear makeup. Men, you know, it doesn't have to be that he has to be the ultimate, you know, lumberjack butch male. Otherwise it's like, oh, clearly they're not transgender because they're not at that complete end of the spectrum. But consistently identifying as male, he was persistent. It, it, went on and on and on uh and he was insistent and and it was very clear with he, he had suicidal thoughts um and he was very 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 uncomfortable with uh his body being female with breasts with ma- uh, menstruation you know, there there was a lot of uh, signs for us but it wasn't just a 5 minute decision it was over years and it was i identified by a psychiatrist by a psychologist by an endocrinologist by us as a family so it wasn't something that just oh okay well let's just do this because it's the cool thing to do right now and yeah. i i totally get why some people are like well i don't let my kid eat chocolate cake for breakfast every day why would i let them decide what their what their gender is oh you know it's gosh. not it's not that quick of a decision right it's, okay yeah
1: yeah I don't know if you if you feel comfortable sharing a story about your father because it's a very it's it's really interesting to me, and it's not about is it hereditary it has nothing to do with that, does it, it or does. does it it does, it does. oh okay I,
2: I mean i they so here's the thing there is no definitive answer as to where all of this comes from, yeah, we do not have an answer to why people are transgender we don't have an answer as to why people are gay yeah. um
1: we don't have an answer as to why people don't like kale and you know yeah. right
2: yeah. yeah and they are they, you know they are actually doing a lot of uh scientific research on um the genome and looking for dna and 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 finding certain markers for certain things and you know why some people like cilantro and some people don't like they're finding these things on their DNA. And another thing that I found very interesting. So having been a registered nurse, when Mitchell came out, the first thing that my mind went to was, oh my God, that's medication for the rest of your life. Surgeries that you didn't need if, because they're elective. Uh, Well, I thought they were elective at the time. Uh, And so I was very uh, concerned about all of that. And I went into the research, and it actually, uh, the functional MRI, which is a brain scan of a trans woman's brain, is the same as a natal woman's brain. No kidding. And, and yeah, and same with a a trans male's brain scan is a male brain. So their brain is, and which makes sense to me because gender identity is in the brain. That's where it lives is how we identify ourselves. Mm. So for my dad, my dad um, was a wonderful human being. I did not get to know him a whole lot because my parents were divorced when I was five and I didn't live with him. Uh, But I did have a a relationship with him. And he came to live with us uh, late in his life when he was afflicted with dementia and Parkinson's. So when I had the most time with him, he wasn't lucid. <laughs> so we yeah. had little brief periods of time where um, he would be completely lucid and have all his wits about him and we'd have great conversations. And during one of those times, he shared with me that in the 60s, he would uh, sing um cabaret at a burlesque bar. And I didn't put two and two together. My dad was always effeminate and loved show tunes and loved uh, designing uh, clothes. And he met my mother in a, uh, he was a, a master seamstress or seams. I guess not seamstress as a man, but whatever. Uh, and oh, seamster. And, no, that's seamster. not
0: it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, here yeah. Here I am talking about gender. Yeah, no, kidding, kidding. It out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, he would. And, you know, plants, he took care of plants and gardens, all of the things that typically we would associate with women. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was a man to me. I'd only ever known him as a man. Uh, he had lived with a man for quite a few years. I did not know the nature of their relationship. Again, we didn't see each other a whole lot when I was uh, in my teens. So I, I had not put all of that together, but he passed away. Um, gosh, it's almost uh, two years now, but uh, he passed away and I talked with my aunts at the funeral and they said, oh yeah, he danced. Like he, he was full on drag. Like we have pictures of him in a bikini and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is a huge part of my father I did not know. It and
1: wouldn't it have been nice if he, if he were still alive and still without dementia and been able to have a really good conversation. It might have been very freeing for him.
2: Freeing for him. And I think that I've, I would have gotten to know his essence. Yeah. And truly, I think that's what I, th- this gift of Mitchell coming out is that I know Mitchell now. Like I know him and now I allow people to know me because there, there's no more shame in hiding behind what society expects us to be.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Is like Mitchell's uh, unbelievably ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. Like really, I mean, honestly, I said it earlier to stand in your truth like that is incredible. You must be incredibly proud of him.
2: Absolutely. Incredibly proud of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you, also an author, you've authored um, three books, Clinical Trial, which is not anything to do with what you're dealing with. It was just a fun thing to write and quite good, I say. The other one was Being Human Inspiration for Balancing Mind, Body, and Spirit, and also Beyond Pronouns, which is the essential guide for parents of trans children, I think that's lovely that you can do that because people need you. They need you and they need Mitchell too. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. this story isn't just about Mitchell. It's about you and it's about your husband. It's about your, your other children. Yeah. 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 Are you getting any kickback from, from where you live? Are Are you safe as a family?
2: We are safe as a family. Yeah. I, um.
1: The reason I ask that, because I think there's some parts pockets of the world where they're not safe.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, we have had kickback. Uh, it's mostly in the form of keyboard warriors who have crappy things to say. Yeah. Um, but, uh,
1: Love them to say it to your face. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would love that. Because I'd love to have the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would love yeah. to have the conversation. I, I truly, we share our story, and and Mitchell is very adamant that we share our story. Uh, the Beyond Pronouns book is not out yet. It's right. it's uh, contracted with a publisher, and yeah, congratulations. Has, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, but well, I think it's important.
1: You know, it is important to the families with transgender children. It's important for for us too, Tammy. Mm-hmm. I I think that. Most people I'm betting know someone who's transgender. They certainly know someone who's gay.
2: Yeah. And yeah. so
1: the beauty of that book is that you're not just helping the trans, uh, the families of transgender children, you're helping society get mm-hmm. grip here and yeah. start accepting us. You know, they're just people, sorry. There's yeah. nothing spectacular. They're just people, right? <laughs> yes. And yeah. we're making them spectacular, And then you get some that want to be spectacular of it. And can you speak to that? Uh, Like uh, they're just kind of screaming from the rooftops It's because they can, because now they can do it without fear of, you know, persecution.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've said it. it is because there, there has been a floodgate opened of bigotry and racism and hatred in our world uh, Mm -hmm. over the last six years, five years. Yeah. Yeah. and you know, had a very specific origination. Let's just say,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in
2: in politics in the U.S. and mm-hmm. uh, and that floodgate has been opened, and it ha- is having a ripple effect across the world. It has not stayed in the U.S. Uh, there are Canadians who are following suit, and um, and it is it's scary, and uh, a huge part of the reason why. I share our story and Mitchell insists that we share our story is, and my motto is it's hard to hate up close. If you get to know the yeah. human being behind the letter T in the acronym LGBTQ, mm-hmm. then you're that much closer to not hating. And, yeah. and you're that much closer to getting that. This is just a, a regular, like you said, just a regular human being. If you look around the people that you know in your life, and you see how many of them are redheads. That's the same number of people in the population who are transgender. Mm-hmm. They just may not all be out to you. Yeah. You know you yeah. you can be you can be in a washroom with, with a transgender person and never know it. Yeah. Uh, because you don't know someone's transgender. Yeah. And you don't have to know.
1: Right. It's not like they're lurking anywhere. <laughs> right. It's actually more
2: dangerous for a transgender person to be in a public washroom than it is for anyone else to be in a washroom with them.
1: Well, it goes back to that word we used earlier is fear. And people, when they're they're making fear-based decisions, because they don't understand it, they can be very, very cruel towards another human being. And some of the terms that get thrown out there, you're like, good Lord, are you kidding me? Yeah. it's disgusting behavior really. And that's when you were talking earlier about, you know, white privilege. And I know that's yeah. a real, real topic for you and you're absolutely right. So for you for okay. I want to talk about two futures here. What's the future for you? Cause you know, I have to say, I, um, you know, you're the reason I'm going to have my book out and <laughs> Thank you. Um, But what's what's ahead for Tammy? Because, you know, eventually Mitchell's going to get on with his life and he's going to move out and he's going to go to university or whatever he's going to do and all your kids too. So Mm -hmm. what's ahead for you?
2: So I am going to continue writing uh, writing is, uh, my, my inhalation and my exhalation. I absolutely love writing. I love helping other people write, um, you're really I'm good, good, good. busy good writing added. myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I will continue writing books. I will continue mentoring parents of transgender kids, uh, mm-hmm. ki- you know, kids, teens, uh, young adults. Um,
1: but how lovely to do that for when you're 11 versus when you're 35 or 40. You know, I mean, I've had friends who have announced or come out, I hate that term, but mm-hmm. come out as gay at, at 50. You know, I'm gay. It's like, yeah, we know, and we don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that kind of thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's truly the freedom to be who you are and to, yeah. to and to just live your authentic life. And yes, it is absolutely freeing to do that at 11 versus 35, and uh, this is actually... Uh, I'm filming YouTube videos now and putting them on my YouTube channel. And this is the next video is why you should not wait until your kid is 18. Because that is a standard sentence that I hear. Oh, well, I'll just wait until they're 18. Then they will be an adult and they could do what they want.
1: That or there's that little hope in there embedding. oh, they'll change their mind.
2: A hundred percent that hope is there. It was there for me. So I'm sure it's there. The problem with waiting until they're 18 is that If they wait until they're 18, there are some secondary sex characteristics that actually make it more difficult for the transgender person to transition if they choose to transition uh, physically. When you talk
1: about transition, that is the full, like, surgery or not? Are there transgender um, people that don't do that? I mean, that seems so drastic to me, but I, you know, I'm not criticizing. I'm just like, yikes. yikes. But. It, it, can they be transgender without changing their, their bits?
2: I'm so glad you asked me this because I typically try to start with this. And that is that a, chi- a transgender child does not need to medically transition. Uh, a transgender adult doesn't need to completely or not even completely medically transition. So you can be transgender and only dress, act, speak, talk, appreciate things that are typical for the masculine or the feminine or neither if you're Mm -hmm. Mm non-binary you can take medication but not have any surgeries you can have some surgeries but not all of the surgeries so uh, a transgender person can be transgender with uh, without ever having to have surgery or medication and that is very important to know uh, you can just legally change your name and go about your life and dress the way you want to dress, and and nobody needs to know what's in your pants, and nobody ever needs to know what's in your pants besides you and your doctor.
1: Right, and that's a really good point you just made. Is I would never even consider asking anybody, yeah. transgender or not, about. I mean, we all know the mechanics for Pete's sake. Um, Do you need to ask that? Like, why the heck would you even ask that? And I think it just really isn't about coming from a place of ignorance or whatever. I think it's just a genuine curiosity. Mm -hmm. But at some times, you just got to zip it and maybe ask quietly. You don't, you know, say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now tell me, um, I mean, I mean, Mitchell's how old now, 16?
2: He will be uh, in June.
1: That's not crazy. What's ahead for Mitchell? Do you think? Does he talk about it yet? I mean, sixteen, maybe not so much. They know, but I'm ge- I'm betting he does.
2: Yeah, he. Yeah. Well, right now we are focused on getting a driver's license. Oh, cool. <laughs> that, that's oh, sorry, funny, mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. He. Good. Um, he. He's. He's at that age. He's in grade ten, and he's at that age where it's like, okay, what am I going to focus on in terms of my university studies? So he has got, he's, he's a social justice warrior. He comes by it naturally. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. He's like, should I become a lawyer? Should I become a politician? Should I become a psychologist? And right now he's leaning towards teacher. He would like to be a teacher and, and his teachers at school are like, no, don't limit yourself to being a teacher. You could be so much more than a teacher. But, you know, you know,
1: I mean, you know, you don't. And here's the other part to it, too, is you don't need to. Mitchell doesn't need to. His whole being doesn't have to be the fact that he's transgender. Yes. Transgender male. And, and, you know, he could go on and become a lawyer and no one would ever know or care to know. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: absolutely.
1: You need to and it's a- define yourself just because of that. I mean, I don't define my everything I do just because I'm a woman. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, if we're gonna talk about that kind of stuff, like I could be considered very tomboyish. I love to be outside and I, you know, I'm not frufy at all, but mm. I don't define anything in my life about my bits. I just am living my life, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, yeah. That's something that we're conscious about with Mitchell and that we check in with him often is uh and and when he first came out initially as well. Do you want to be identified as a trans male or just a guy? Because you can, especially now, he definitely passes as a boy. Like he shaves his beard and like there's no way that anybody would look at him and not say he's a boy. But do you want to be a trans male? And he does, and, and he's insistent that he wants me to do this work. And, and he works alongside me with all of the, he does the, the intro and outro of my YouTube videos. Like he's, he's very much participatory in this, but he's not, um, he's not beholden to being a trans activist for his whole life. And we want to make that clear to him. And he understands that. Yeah. Um, and he is very much passionate about fighting for the underdog you know he he watched um the 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 american elections alongside us and did not miss a beat and he watches the canadian um debates and he want like he's interested in all of that so
1: fabulous i, yeah. I think it's great um because as you say there is a part of that lgbtq society that really really does um i don't want to use the word suffer but they really struggle with that identity or do they like what you know what i'm saying like how do i well is there a great deal of that group of people that they are so rah-rah trans that they're missing out on the other parts to their life where they could be the great lawyer the great teacher you know what i'm trying to say
2: yeah i um or you can't. Speak I think yourself. I think I'm not 100% sure we can generalize on that. I think yeah. that there are some people who are not affirmed in their transgender identity and I think they are struggling because they're trying so hard to just be accepted for who they are. Yeah. that they end up sort of circling the drain.
1: And that's um, kind of what I what I was um, inferring. Yeah. 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 So Tammy, what is your YouTube channel name? Because um, I'm going to go check it out. I didn't realize you had a YouTube channel. What is the it, name it of is,
2: it? It is brand new and fledgling. fledgling. Oh, so got to start it,
1: somewhere. Yeah, you got to
2: start somewhere. But if you if you put in Tammy Plunkett in in the YouTube machine, it'll bring you to my page.
1: <laughs> okay, so Tammy Plunkett, T A M M Y P L U N K E T T.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then, do you have a website, hun? Same, yeah. TammyPlunkett.com. I'm actually Tammy Plunkett everywhere on all my Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards.
1: Tammy, thank you so much for joining me today. This is it's really important subject, and you know, to me, I mean, I know you very well, and I adore you. You know that I think you're very brave to do what you're doing. I think it was not an easy undertaking, and you've embraced it fully. You have a beautiful family, of a beautiful life, and you know, I I actually have never met Mitchell. And uh, I would love to meet Mitchell, and maybe he would love to do a podcast with me because I think
2: oh she he could. would love it yeah if he would love it I yeah. know he would
1: cool thanks for joining <laughs> me
2: thank you you have been
1: listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose and that's a wrap
2: thank you for listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose to learn more about Helen's journaling retreats speaking engagements and life coaching or to sign up for her newsletter please visit Helen
0: Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.